Chapter 3. When the group got to shul, they were pleased to see more than a minion of men waiting to daven. As the chazan began saying, Avi's eyes scanned the room. There was his father, Rabbi Drimler, and Moshe's father, Rabbi Goldstein. Avi was happily surprised to see that the two elderly Rubinstein brothers had managed to shul too. Looking around, it occurred to Avi that a very important member of the shul was missing. All of the boys looked at the empty chair up front and to the right, and they looked back at each other. The seat that belonged to the good friend Svi Abyakov was empty. This was unusual. Avi couldn't remember the last time that Svi had missed Shachris in Anschebergsfeld. He was all, almost always one of the first ones to arrive at the shul. Their thoughts were interrupted by a loud bang on the bima as Rabbi Uncle Silver began saying Birkat Shachar out loud. Avi shrugged his shoulders, and all the boys turned to their sidurim and began saying Amen to the brachas. Avi knew that Svi wouldn't come late unless he had a good reason. It must be all the snow, Avi thought to himself. And knowing Tzvi, he probably stopped to help people on the way over here. Just as the Chazan finished saying Birkat HaShachar, the doors of the shul burst open and in ran Tzvi. All out of breath, he was carrying all kinds of packages and some slipped and fell as he took his seat. By the look on his face, the boys could tell that he was upset to be so late. Everyone in the shul was curious. Why had Tzvi been so late? What could possibly be in all those packages? As soon as davening was over, the boys watched as Tzvi walked up to the rabbi Gold, Goldenberg and whispered something in his ear. The rabbi's face broke out into a huge smile. He stood up and gave Tzvi a big hug. Avi turned to his father, who was busy wrapping his filling. What's going on, Tadi? I don't know, but it appears that we're about to find out. It looks like Rabbi Goldenberg is about to make an announcement. The elderly Rav's face was glowing with happiness as he banged on the bima. Ravosai, he cried on behalf of the entire Hevra and Shea Berksfield. I would like to wish a, has, a, a hardsicker Mazatov to Tzvi Abyakov on becoming a Chasen. Ah. Of his mouth dropped wide open. He turned to his friends. They looked just as shocked as he did. In fact, every person in Shul looked shocked. For a moment, the entire Shul was enveloped in a stunned silence. Then, all of a sudden, the whole Shul erupted in loud, joyous cries of Mazatov, Mazatov. All the men ran, ran towards Svi to shake his hand and give him a big hug or a pat on the back. Everyone in Anschebergsfield loved Svi, and the Shul was filled with great happiness with his good, good news. Svi retrieved his mysterious packages, started opening them up, and began putting cake and schnapps on the table. Everyone joined him in making brachos and a l'chaim in honor of that festive occasion. Avi patiently waited his turn to shake Tzvi's hand. Mazel tov, Tzvi, he said when he had made in front of the line. How on earth did you have time to drop off shovels at all our houses and go buy cake before you got here? Tzvi chuckled loudly. Dropping off those shovels wasn't easy, he answered. But I knew that the wonderful Brooksville Bike Club would do good things with those shovels on a day like today. And from what Rob, Rob Goldenberg had told me, it seems that you've already been pretty busy yourself. 
Avi blushed as Tzvi continued. I want all of you boys to come to my wedding. I can twin to have wonderful brooks with my club. Come dance at my chasna. Avi smiled widely. Now he was really excited. He had not been invited to chasna since his cousin asked his wedding when he was five years old. He had hardly even remembered that wedding. That was big news. Avi shared his invitation with his friends as people gradually began finding out of the shul. It will be great to be at Tzvi's wedding, but that won't be for a few weeks yet. What are we going to do now? Asked the ever-practical Avrumi. Oh, that's an easy question to answer, answered Avi. We get back to work shoveling. I think I've had enough shoveling for one day, Moish complained, rubbing his arms. My muscles ache in places that I didn't even know I had muscles. Yeah, agreed Ellie. Can't we just take a break from shoveling? How can we take a break? asked Avi. There is so much snow on the ground and so many people need help digging out. Maybe you could take just a little rest, Moish pleaded. Please. That's an excellent idea, said a voice from behind the boys. The four friends turned around to see their fathers standing behind them. We're very proud of your chesed project, boys, said Robert Rimler. But learning Torah is also very important. Yes, added Robert Goldstein. Being that you boys won't be going to yeshiva today, why don't you just take a learning break before you go back to your shoveling? The boys all nodded their heads. They knew what to do. They quickly went to the back of the shul, took some mishnayas off the shelves, and sat down to learn. After learning for a short while, the boys headed back outside, shovels in hand. Where should we go? asked Ellie. Why don't we start with Mr. Woodman's house again, Avishra suggested. The boys slung their shovels over their shoulders and started again through the deep snow. Hey, said Ellie, look over here. <coughs> Mr. Flug Flugelman is standing on his porch waving at us. That's very nice. He's such a friendly man. On the front steps of a small white house stood a man wearing a bright yellow baseball cap and a short black jacket. He was frantically waving to the boys. Mr. Flugelman's not waving at us. Moish corrected him. He's yelling to us, trying to get our attention. Let's go see what he wants. As the boys got closer, Mr. Flugelman stopped waving. They could see that he looked relieved that they were coming. Mr. Flugelman was someone the boys knew very well. He was a long-time member of the shul. In fact, he was the only Kohen in the shul. Mr. Flugelman was pacing back and forth on his front steps as the boys jumped over the snowdrifts and sunk into the deep mounds of snow trying to reach him. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, boys, he cried when he got closer. I so appreciate you coming to help me. I desperately need your help. This is an emergency. Well, said Avi, we are the Berkshire Bike Club, and that's our job. We are here to help people who need help. What can we do for you, Mr. Flugelman? Yeah, added Moish. What's the emergency? The man began to speak very quickly, nervously wringing his hands with each word. You see, he said, it's my tata, tanta, She's gotten sick. Oh, he's so sick. Poor Tanta. The man suddenly sat down on the step and burst into tears. Nebach, whispered Avi softly. He's so worried about his aunt. Avi thought of his own favorite aunt, his aunt Hadassah. Boy, could he feel bad if she ever got sick? Mr. Flugelman pulled out a handkerchief, blew his nose loudly and continued speaking. I called a doctor a little while ago, he said, that it was too cold to take my Tanta outside to see him. He told me that it would be best to take care for her at home. 
He stopped the dry tear on his cheek and then pulled a crumpled paper out of his pocket. The doctor gave me a list of things I needed from the drugstore to take care of her. He looked up at the boys from his perch of his on the step. Do you think that you boys could possibly go to the drugstore for me? His sad eyes met Avi's. I mean, I really wouldn't want to leave my tante all by herself when she's so sick. If anything happened to her, I would never forgive myself. The boys all looked at each other and then at Avi. Avi shrugged his shoulders. He knew there was only one thing that they could do. Shoveling paths for people through the snow was important, but helping someone take care of their sick old aunt sounded even more important. Of course we'll help you, Avi answered all of a sudden for all the boys. Please give me the list and we'll head right over to Miller's drugstore. Mr. Flugelmans broke out in a fresh bout of tears. <gasps> oh, thank you, thank you, he cried. You boys are so wonderful. He held out his shopping list and a fist full of money. Here, this should be enough to cover everything. I already spoke to Mr. Miller on the phone. Just give him the list and he'll take care of it. Please hurry. The boy said goodbye to Mr. Flugelman and climbed back over the snow drifts into the street. Hmm, said Avi, glancing at the list. We're, <clears throat> we're not only going to have to carry that many things, all four of us don't really need to go to the drugstore. Do you want to split up? asked Moish. It would make a lot of sense, answered Avi. Two of us can go to the drugstore and two of us can continue shoveling for people. Ah, going to the drugstore sounds a lot easier than shoveling, said Ali. That's true, Avish agreed. But Rebbe told us the harder it is to do a mitzvah, the bigger the reward. I'd much rather be doing some the shoveling. I'll shovel too, Moish volunteered. Good, said Avi with a smile. So we'll split up. Avrumi Ali, you go to the drugstore. Moish and I will walk toward Mr. Rudman's house. Let's meet at my house for lunch, Avrumi suggested. By then, we'll only the break. Okay, said Avi. If you finish early, then start looking for us at Mr. Rudman's. If you don't see us, we'll all meet at Avrumi's house at 12.30. The boys checked their watches. The goodbyes said goodbyes and headed on off onto their mitzvah missions. It was still quite early, and the town of Brooksville was still very, very quiet. Suddenly, the still air was broken by the sound of a loud motor. Hey, look over there, Mush pointed. Mr. Waltzberg is using his snowblower to clear out his driveway. I returned to see a man pushing a bright red snowblower. The machine made the snow fly up into the air, landing in neat piles on the sides of his driveway. Wow, gasped Avi. Look how fast he's getting rid of all that snow. Sure enough, within a matter of minutes, Mr. Wellsberg was proudly sur surveying his neat, clean driveway. With his head held high, he turned off the machine, rolled it back into his garage, and closed the garage door behind him. Those machines are fantastic, Moish said, enviously. Yeah, agreed Avi, but we're luckier. We're getting a mitzvah for each shovel full of snow, that we shovel. That's true, agreed Moish, but I still wouldn't mind having one of those. Hey, look, Avi pointed. There is a lady coming out of the house next door. She can't possibly be planning on walking through all the snow. The boys made their way over to their house, to her house. Good morning, miss, Avi began politely. We're the Brooksville Black Club, and we'd like to know if you'd like us to shovel your walk. Oh, would you? The older lady cried, thank you so much. It would mean so much to me. My name is Mildred Milstein, and I have an extremely important appointment in half an hour. Don't worry, said Avi. We'll get to work right away. 
Thank you, thank you, cried the woman. Oh, if I miss my beauty parlor appointment, I'll have to wait a whole week until my hairdresser has an opening for me. Uh, mm, uh, of course, said Abby. Uh, well, we'll get it done. The lady went back into her house and Abby and Moshe went to work. In only a moment, the door to the house opened up again. Pardon me, young man, said the lady, but maybe, uh, do you think, uh, would it be possible? Mm, could you maybe, could we, uh, we, we, what? asked Moish. Well, the lady cleared her throat. My sister Gertrude lives in the house next door, and we always go to the hairdresser together. Do you think we should, you could uh, shovel her walk too? Ivan, Ivan Moish looked at each other and then back toward the woman. Of course, Abby said. I'll, we'll try our best to shovel it out your sister Gertrude too. Oh, thank you so much, gushed Mildred again, and she went back into her house. It looks like we've got a lot of shoveling to do, said Avi. Just then the door opened again. Oh no, Moish whispered. Uh, you know, said Miss Mildred, my cousin Florence lives right across the street, and she just mentioned to me on the phone that she also has a hairdresser appointment this morning. Moish put his hands over over his house and gave a loud sigh. This woman didn't seem to notice. Do you think you could, uh, do you think you would, uh, maybe possibly, Avi and Moish looked at each other in, in resignation. We'll do our best, Avi answered for both of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You wonderful boys are just so wonderful. What a good deed you are doing by letting us women get our hair done. It's very important, you know. My mother always used to say, if your hair looks nice, then you're nice too. Uh-oh, Avi agreed politely. He personally did not understand the connection between having a nice hair and actually being nice, but he wanted Mrs. Brillstein to be happy. Don't worry, he said. We'll do our best. Boy, said Avi, as the door closed again, the hairdresser is really having a busy day today. Yeah, agreed Mosh. This is a bad, bad, bad. How on earth can we possibly shovel out all these houses in half an hour? Avi gave Moish a light punch on the shoulder. Come on, Moish, this is not bad. You know the Berkshire Bike Club tomorrow. We do our best and ask Hashem to... That's right, to do the rest. This is not bad at all. We should never say that the mitzvah situation is bad. Hey, Moish pointed out down the sh uh, shovel and pointed over Avi's shoulder and down the street. It looks like our your brother Shmuel is coming. Avi looked surprised and his face turned a little bit greenish. This, this is bad, 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 he announced. Moish burst out laughing. I thought you just said that no mitzvah could be bad. Yeah, agreed Avi. But that was before my little brother showed up. Hi, Avi. Shmuley came trotting up the path. He was wrapped up in puffy down coat, hat, scarf, and mittens. The only part of him that showed up, that showed, was his little red nose. I came to help. Aren't you happy? Avi forced his face to smile. Of course, I'm happy to see you, he answered. His lips were frozen in, in the best smile he could muster up. Shmuley was grinning from ear to ear. I have great news, Avi. Uh, okay, said Avi, trying to be patient. What exactly is the great news? Shmuley was bursting with pride. <clears throat> the good news is that I have brought my orange sandbox shovel, and I'm going to help you shovel today. Can I help, Avi? Please, please, please. Avi looked at the small plastic shovel in Shmuley's hand and shrugged his shoulders. How much trouble could a five-year-old get into with a little plastic shovel? Oh, all right, 
<clears throat> Shmuel's face lit up and like a light bulb. Thank you, Avi, cried, jumping up and down. You'll see. I'm going to shovel a ton of snow for you, Avi laughed. You're going to shovel a ton of snow with one little plastic shovel? Oh, no, answered Shmuel. I didn't bring one little plastic shovel. Avi looked at him suspiciously. What else did you bring? Shmuel smiled so wildly. It looked like his face would split. I brought all my friends. Shmuel turned around and gave a loud yell. <laughs> Come on, guys. Avi said that we, we could help. Avi said that we could help. <laughs> Suddenly, from behind a bunch of snow-covered bushes, a wild roar burst forth. Avi and Moshe almost fainted at the sight of a crowd of five-year-olds screeching with glee, running out from behind the, the bushes. Each little boy jumped up and down excitedly, clutching a plastic shovel in his hand. Yay! Yippee! Yahoo! Hooray for Avi! Avi was astonished. He just stood there with his mouth hanging open. The last thing in, his, in the world he wanted right now was his brother's whole class shoveling in the snow near him. Did I say this was bad, bad, bad? He murmured to Moish. I meant horrible, horrible, horrible. Come on, Avi, Shmuley hollered. Where should we shuffle first? <clears throat> Avi turned to Moish. His eyes were wide with terror. What do we do now? Moish gave it some serious thought before he answered. Listen, Avi, maybe we can actually use this kid's help. There are three paths that need to be done, dug, and only two of us. Why don't you and I each shovel one path, and we can let these kids... That's right. Work together on the third. How bad of a job could they do? Avi rolled his eyes. Oh, all right. He turned and called out to the squirming, giggling group of little boys. Shmuel and friends, listen very carefully. This is what I want you to do. Try to shovel a neat path for the nice old lady who lives in this house. Watch how I do it. Just scoop up some snow and pile it up on the sides of the path. Avi pointed to the small patch of sidewalk that he and Moish had already dug out. It was about three feet wide. On either side of it was a six-inch mound of snow. The boys had piled there. Can you boys do that? He asked the group of five-year-olds. All 23 little boys had been listening to Avi's with a very serious face. Together, they nodded their heads up and down in answer to Avi's question. Avi pointed to the path in front of Mrs. Milton's house. Okay, boys, start shoveling. Yay! Yahoo! The boys all screamed as they ran towards the front of the house. Within seconds, snow was flying everywhere. Okay, Moish, Avi said. You take Sister Gertrude's house next door, and I'll take Cousin Florence across the street. We should be finished just in time for the hairdresser. With those words, Avi slung his shovel over his shoulder and trudged across the street. He was determined to make sure that Florence would be on time for her hairdresser appointment. As he dug, Avi listened to the happy shrieks from across the street. He was nervous. Who knew what the group of five-year-olds could do? Maybe he had made a mistake by letting them shovel. The more he worked, the more nervous Avi got. He didn't want to stop shoveling to check on them. But the closer he came to the end of his path and to the loud shrieking, the more anxious he got. <clears throat> In his mind, he imagined little boys building snow forts instead of snow shoveling a path, of course. Or worse, maybe they were throwing snowballs through the old woman's window. Maybe she would call the police on them. He shuddered as he thought of being locked inside a jail cell with 23 shrinking five-year-olds. 
The more wired he got, the faster he dug. Finally, he had cleared the walkway down to the curb. Avi picked up his snow shovel and ran across the street. Whew! He breathed a sigh of relief. No sirens, no police cars. Things can be that bad. Standing in front of the house was Mildred Milstein and her sister Gertrude. Mush and the 23 kids were all standing on the woman's porch. To Avi's great relief, the boys had dug a neat path in front of the house. Maybe he hadn't given his brother Shmuel enough credit. It seemed that he and his friends had done an excellent job. Oh, thank you, thank you, Mildred Milstein called to him. You and your team have done a wonderful job. She reached into her big black bag hanging on her arm. Now, how much do I owe you, wonderful boys? She asked as she pulled out her wallet. Avi was horrified. No, 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 he said, waving his hand. We don't want any money. Miss Milstein froze. What did you say, young man? <clears throat> I I think uh, said thank you very much, but we don't want any money, Avi answered nervously. The woman looked bewildered. You don't want any money? She repeated. Then why on earth did you do all this hard work? We did it for a mitzvah, Mush answered. Miss Milson looked at him strangely. She and her sister gathered stared. Then unexpected tears filled the woman's eyes. I remember that word, she said, sniffling. I remember how our papa, may rest in peace, used to talk about that word all the time. He talked about mitzvahs? Avi asked gently. Yes, yes, the old woman wept. She turned to her sister. Did you remember, Gertrude? Do you remember the, how papa used to talk about those mitzvahs? <clears throat> Gertrude's eyes also filled with tears. Yes, Mildred, she answered. I remember how he used to talk about them. And then, and then, the woman stopped to blow her nose. What did he do? asked Moish. He would talk about those mitzvahs, and then he would eat them. Avi looked at Moish. Moish looked back at Avi. He ate them? Avi asked. Yes, of course, asked, answered Gertrude. He ate mitzvahs every Passover. Lots and lots of them. Moish made a funny noise in his throat and pretended to cough. Uh, I think you were talking about matzahs, Avi said politely. Yes, yes, agreed Gertrude, but what do matzahs have to do with shoveling snow? Avi cleared his throat. You see, he began, we go to yeshiva, Jewish school. In yeshiva, they teach us things that Hashem wants us to do. Those things are called mitzvahs. One mitzvah that Hashem <coughs> loves is when we do chesed, which means kindness. You mean that your children just did all that just work to be kind? Exactly, answered Avi. He and Moish nodded their heads vigorously. The two elder, older women looked at each other, obviously impressed. And what school do you boys go to, Miss Milstein asked? We go to BYK, the Brooksville Yeshiva Katana. Well, okay, I guess, she put her wallet away. I won't give the bo you boys any money. I wouldn't want to spoil your chest set. You mean chesed, Avi corrected her courteously. Yes, agreed Miss Milstein. Well, they sure teach you wonderful things at that yeshiva of yours. Thank you so much and keep up the good work. With those words, Mildred and Gertrude walked up the new path toward their cousins Florence, who had just been waiting for them. Avi turned to Shmuel in his class. Thank you all for very much, he announced. You all did a very nice job shoveling. You did a big chesed and made a very big kiddush Hashem. For the first time, the group of 23-year-old olds 
was completely silent. Avi could see that their faces were glowing with pride. Unfortunately, the quiet didn't last very long. Come on, guys, Shmuley yelled at the top of his lungs. Let's go build a snow fort in the park. Within seconds, the entire group was whizzing down the block at top speed, racing for the park. Avi looked after them in wonder. The snow was up to the race in some places, and yet they were moving faster than lightning. Mush pulled Avi out of the state of wonder and into the present. Avi, he said, <clears throat> I keep looking at this path your brother and his classmates shoveled. What about it? Well, said Mush, there's something strange about this trail, and I just can't put my finger on what it is. Avi looked at the path. It was actually a very nice path much wider than the one he had shoveled across the street. Yet Mosh was right. There was something unusual about it. They both stared at the clean, snow-free walkway for a few moments. Hmm. What is it? asked Mosh. Avi pointed to the path Mosh had shoveled in front of the house next door. Look at your path, Avi said. Do you see the nice mounds of snow on either side of it? When you were shoveling, you picked up the snow and piled up the sides of the path of your path. Mosh looked suspicious. Your brother's path doesn't have piles of snow on the side of it. Exactly. So where did those kids put all the snow? They shoveled. Gulp. That's what I'm getting nervous about. The two friends looked all around the front yard, but they could not find any missing snow. What could they have done with it? That much snow doesn't just disappear. Mosh walked over to the fence and ran along to the property. Uh-oh, he cried. I think I just found the snow. Avi came running over. He looked over the fence. Oh, no. Half an hour earlier, Mr. Weltsberg's driveway had been completely, totally, absolutely clean. Now it was one big mess. Snow was strewn everywhere. The kids had thrown their extra snow right over the fence onto Mr. Weltsberg's spotless driveway. Thanks to Shmuley and his friends, the entire area that they had watched Mr. Selbeck work on so proudly with his red snow blower was totally covered with lumps and globs of messy snow. At that very moment, the door to Mr. Waltzberg's house was flung open and out walked Mr. Waltzberg, looked at over his driver and he just his jaw dropped up open, his face turned red and then purple. My driver, he screamed, my beautiful, neat, clean driver. What in the world happened to my driver? Who did this? <clears throat> Mr. Waltzberg groaned. Avid Moshe could almost see the smoke coming out of his nose and ears. Boy, was he angry. I'll take them to court. I'll sue them for every penny they have. Who did this to me? Avi and Moshe were both tempted to make believe that they didn't know who had made this mess. They looked at each other and spoke with their eyes. Should we make a run for it? But they both knew that they wouldn't be honest. It would take a moment to decide before Avi took a deep breath grabbed Mosh by the arm, and bravely walked closer to the angry man. I'm sorry, sir. This is all our fault. We'll clean it up. <clears throat> Mr. Waltzberg stopped in mid-roar. He looked pretty surprised. He knew Avi and Mosh from the shul, and knew them to be good, respectful boys. Never in a million years would he have accused those two of making such a mess. He didn't know what to say. Well, just make sure you clean it up, he mumbled before walking back into his house. Oh, brother, he muttered, Avi muttered. I should have known better. Well, let's get to work. It will take us another half an hour to clean up this mess.